What's happening, runners? Welcome back to another episode of The Running Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course, everything in between. My name is Lloyd. I'll be your host for today's episode. I've had a week off, so I'm super full of energy. And after last week's episode with Nico Young, we did say that we'd have a special show coming up today with some Australian distance athletes. Now, whilst this show will be super special, we've had to substitute the guests around a little bit. So unfortunately, no Aussies today. But at Trackster, we can pull the big game performances out of the bag without fail. And on today's show, we have a world exclusive interview, ladies and gents, with no other than Olympic world and Commonwealth silver medalist, British record holder and 800 metre global superstar, Keely Hodgkinson. On today's show, we chat with Keely from her house in Manchester about her dubious history behind the wheel of a car, how her sponsorships work at the level she is. We touch up on that rivalry with A Thing Mo, and we even chat about that 800 metre world record and whether it's in grasp. Now, if you do want to follow along with what we're doing at Trackster and this podcast, please do head over to our Instagram and drop us a follow. And you can also check out our website, trackster.com. That's where we put all of our longer form content from our YouTube channel. And you can register for our running newsletter so you can keep up to date with all the running news around the world. You can also find the podcast episodes on the website too. And finally, if you'd like to support this show, please do leave us a thumbs up and a review, which is now available on all platforms. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Keely Hodgkinson. All right, welcome to the show, Keely. How are we doing? I'm all right, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, I was just chatting to you off off recording about your experience with podcasts, and I wanted to start this interview with the first question. Have you ever done a podcast before? Um, I I don't think I have actually ever. I'm trying to think. Maybe one when I was, maybe before Tokyo when I was like 18 was the last podcast I did. Okay, but since being an Olympic medalist, you haven't done any. <laughs> that sounds really snobby, doesn't it? <laughs> since but no, big time. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, yeah, no, I haven't really done them. I, I'm not really a podcast listener myself, unless, like, I'm something I really, really want to listen to. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just haven't really done them before. Maybe this is I the start know. of your podcast career. I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> Okay, well, let's see how this one goes. We'll, see, we'll, we'll evaluate after, but no, thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, where are you in the world right now? Um, for once, I'm at home in Manchester, the great city. Yeah, okay, nice. And is that where you're based for training, etc.? Everything's around Manchester? Um, well, yes and no. So this is my home base where I'm from. This is where, when I am at home, we train around here. Um, but I spend a lot of my time now in South Africa um at least three to four months of the winter there so i'd say i'm half south african now pretty much i adopted the local um the locals very well and i have a place out there so it's very easy for me to just go out there and train it's not my favorite place in the world because it's just i associate that place with pain <laughs> and just training so oh. i really just yeah i, I just like oh another training camp for god's sake but um yeah i guess the work done in it it gets results so yeah, it's not the Maldives. I get it. Yeah, fair enough. It's um, definitely not the Maldives. You mentioned you got a place out there. How long have you had a house out there? Um, about a year now, just over a year. I, I got it last April. Um, it's so different out there though because it's it ain't like the UK. It is three third. It's a one like one quarter of the price. Yeah. Um, but like the same thing. So it's it's a good investment, and hopefully I'll have it for like the rest of my career, and I can. I can use it, other athletes can use it as well. So Yeah, I've seen that with uh, athletes like uh, Mo Farah, Paula Ratcliffe. They've got places in like Font, 
and um yeah it sounds like it sounds like a good investment no, that's, that's that's awesome all right so let's go right back to the start this is where we always generally start with with podcast interviews because uh we never really know where to start but how did you get into sport and how did that eventually transition into athletics um so i think i probably took the same route as most kids do where you do like the typical like swimming lessons you know you go to the so i went to the club and i started swimming first and i ended up taking that quite seriously from a really young age i was like 11 and getting up at like four in the morning to go swimming whereas now i talk to my coach and he's like no we don't do that anymore and i said yeah because that's child abuse <laughs> like getting, making an 11 year old kid but I, I did it and i'm just like why and then eventually it was just too much but from that fitness i had from swimming i did a local cross-country race and i did quite well for my primary school so i went down to the local club um i started training there was doing like the cross countries and things like that hated cross country i would stand in the line crying because it's so cold then i quit for a year um because i just didn't want to do it anymore i mean my dad had this back and forth argument because i was like he's like you're much better like runner and i'm like what so i'm a bad swimmer then is how i take it and he's like no i'm not saying that i just think you have better abilities and i'm like no you're saying i'm not good <laughs> so eventually i went back after quitting um swimming and um i've been there ever since and i started taking it more seriously maybe after my first national title when i was like 15. Yeah, I had to read. I had to read through uh, your your early years, and it actually goes nicely into the next question. But before we get into that, you were part of a club. What was your original club? I still run for them, um, Lee Harriers. Lee Harriers, yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. And that's Wigan. No, well, no. technically. See, I'm a southerner. I don't know anything that's going on up there. Yeah, it's in the Wigan borough, but okay. Wigan's just people say I'm from Wigan. I'm not. It really winds me up. But um, yeah, it's in Lee. It's just a small town. It's outside of Great Manchester, um, in the Wigan Borough. I've actually done a British Athletics League there. In Lee, I think so. I think it's actually so. a really good track. Yeah, I think I, I remember like, it's got going great there. Facilities, probably. Yeah, I, think, I, mean, I yeah, actually probably. remember the track was decent. But it's in the middle of just this random yeah. area. All these facilities, like Man United Women, there. I think their their stadium is that stadium now. Um, oh, for when they have home games. So it's really coming on, but nobody ever uses it, but it's actually a good track. Big up late. Big up late. Big up late. So yeah, you said about um, your early years and when we talk about your rise to fame, if you like, when I've told people or people within the tracks, their team that we're doing this interview, it's a case of, right, make sure you talk about Keely's rise to fame and how quick it was. But I'm going to go against that because for athletics nerds like me, I've read up on your junior career. You've had a lot of success as a junior from mm -hmm. English titles, UK school games, and then obviously into more like major champs like European under 18s and, you know, and then it goes on and on and on. So you've yeah. had a lot of success at, at, at various age groups. So I would actually disagree that you've had a very quick shot to stardom. Um, but now let's look at it as, a, as, a, as it is now. You're now a global superstar, let's be honest, right? And what mm -hmm. I want to understand... You're welcome. Well, I want to understand. <laughs> was there a day where you woke up or something happened on a day where you were like, oh, shit, I'm big time now. <laughs> like, I'm big time. <laughs> uh, I hate to disappoint you, but no, not really. Oh, I thought I it was going to be something that happened. Well, no, I don't think. I think there may be a sense of like, oh, I've made it to the life that, you know, as a kid, 
growing up you think oh you know you hear people say i want to be a professional athlete on this and it's like oh i've actually managed to do this at the age of 19. yeah i think that's the sense of that not necessarily oh look at me i'm sick not even when you got like a blue tick on insta or nothing like that no not really because what does that mean means you're big time <laughs> maybe i don't know um, Fair enough. okay i wasn't sure if there's going to be like um I don't know, like some people that we've, we've interviewed were like, oh no, this is the difference. This is the difference where we're talking to an Olympic medalist and we're talking to a professional athlete. I'm not saying that like you're two different levels of the people, but when you're like the top, top athlete in the world, I just thought that there would be doors that would have opened or certain things that would have happened where you were like, oh my days, this is nuts. I mean, maybe recently a little moment, like I did, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I did a shoot with Vogue, um, not like the other week. And to me, obviously, if you say the word Vogue, everyone's like, oh my God. But even like my friends from school, like, oh my God, Vogue. And, you know, I just feel like these models that worked their entire life to get into Vogue. So I'm very fortunate that athletics opened that door for me. So maybe that was a bit of a, oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that you that, that wasn't the thing that you mentioned because that is pretty <laughs> mental. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but it, I did it last week on my rest day and I was so tired. I was just like, it's just go. It was a lot of fun. Um, definitely different and I enjoyed it. But um, yeah, that's probably one of the moments I'd say. It's like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. And how has your life changed, if at all, from let's go European under 18s, that age, that age, so 16, 17 to now four or five years later 21 olympic medalist world champs medalist commonwealth games medalist um british record holder how's your life changed from through your eyes um so i used to answer this question and say oh no it's not changed at all but then it, it really has and when i look back um even just before pre-tokyo to i was still a uni student i didn't even go to be honest I don't know if I passed first year. I didn't even check, but as a very and people think this I dropped such out. A bad, this is such a bad um, a message to young listeners. Yeah, I know, but you know, education is not for me. It's either one or the other. I was either doing if for me to do well in education, I have to be a hundred percent on it. Oh, it's either a hundred percent track. Like I couldn't do the two, and I guess I had a good year, but I also just kind of backed myself to be like, no, I actually I think I can. Even just for a little, even if I delayed it by two years, you know, mm -hmm. and just was like, it's not for me right now. Um, but people think I delayed uni because of Tokyo, but I actually I decided I wasn't going back before that even happened, before I even made the Olympic team. Um, but the way I'd say it's changed is I just feel like I was this 19 year old, and I, even though at the time I felt quite mature for my age, I was a kid. Like, I was just a kid. Like, how, I, that year was probably the best year I'll have in my life. <laughs> I don't know how much is going to top it. Um, and it threw a lot of opportunities at me, a lot of excitement, a lot of highs. But it also, you know, that I moved out of my home and then all of a sudden I've signed this new contract with Nike. I'm now a full-time athlete. I, I forgot my own place. And then I just feel like I grew up so quickly. Mm -hmm. I went yeah. from 19 to then I feel like I'm like 26 now. But I'm not, but I am. In some ways I'm still young and I'm still 21. But I think the past thing I've struggled with is almost like not say losing my personality a little bit, but just a bit lost in who I am. Mm. which actually sounds really deep <laughs> no no i get it i understand but um yeah i think just a lot of that like just a whole life change of obviously what i want to do and i'm so super grateful for that um but just kind of wrapping your head around being this underdog it's a lot easier to be an underdog 
than it is. In, I'm not even world champion, so I don't even have the target on my back. Mm. You know, someone else has got that. But, um, you know, going to Diamond Leagues and now if I lose, it's like, it's, oh, I'm really sorry you lost. Whereas a, a year before, it'd be like, oh my God, you came second in Diamond League. Like, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. In Tokyo, yeah, I was coming fourth and fifth. And that was insane. And now me not winning a Diamond League is like, oh, what happened? Yeah, it's like the classic. It's yeah. very common. It's tough to get to the top. But it's tough to stay there. Yeah. That's just one thing I kind of noticed. Like, oh, but it's actually, me coming second in Diamond League is still amazing. It's a great, it's a great day. And half the time, I probably just had a bad day. Not every day is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that's just how things have changed and different expectations which don't play on my mind that much. But I've definitely noticed it a that's little too, bit. But I, weird, I like though. competitive. Yeah, I like the competitiveness. I like, you know, me wanting, I want to do well and I want to do well for my team and people around me. And yeah. Love that. Yeah, well, I think that two, two years is not a long period of time. Um, obviously we come off the back of the pandemic, so everything was a little bit up in the air, but it just sounds like when you said there, you are, you feel 26, but you're not, you're 21, but you've probably got a lot more stuff sorted out in your life than a lot of people yeah. 21 do. And I feel yeah. like that may have happened quite quickly. So it's common, you know, in terms of like figuring out your identity, it's because a lot of things have kind of come onto your plate very quickly. So then how do you manage all that how do you juggle all that and how do you kind of digest it all i guess it's a that must be a tough job i think yeah that's probably literally it and it's it's a good problem to have yeah yeah for sure don't get me wrong. it's a very good problem to have it's just yeah sometimes it's just a bit like you know you just want to go out at the weekend and chill out and not think about it and then no you've got this like career to do <laughs> which obviously job. i love but it's just it's different now i definitely see it it's more of then a, a hobby that I really want to do well at. It's like a job that I now really want to do well at. And I now oh, yeah, really okay. look forward to the time away from the job. Yeah, do you I see, guess. Could you, if you was to like relate this to like a like nine to five office job, professional um, progression. So like you said there, it's now a job that I really want to do well at. Can you relate to that? Where it's a case of like you're in a job and you want to grow within the role and go further and further and further and further. But once upon a time, this was a hobby where you just wanted to have fun. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, different. I think the motivation is one thing. And 2021, I, I've never been so motivated in my life. I was this young 19 year old who was trying to break two and possibly, possibly make the Olympic team. And now maintaining that, it's just keeping that drive going, which we've found ways in like, you know, my training group and support to keep that. Um, but it's just like a nine to five job. And sometimes, you know, you need a break. And um, sometimes you just want to crack on and get the work done. We're going to talk a little bit about having fun and uh, passions away from the track later in this conversation. But one thing I do want to talk to you about is something on this podcast we talk a lot about, and I've spoken about this for years, is opportunities for athletes. I feel that mm -hmm. there's a lack of funding and financial rewards for athletes compared to other sports. So, you know, you're basically the Harry Kane like the Lionel Messi, <laughs> let's be real, like you are, but the sports are in completely different planets. Um, mm -hmm. But you are an athlete that has had more lucrative sponsorships compared to other athletes. And one I want to talk about is luxury watch brand Omega. I'm a big watch guy. And okay, cool. Big watch guy. And when I watched you at the Birmingham Diamond League last year, everyone was gassed. Yes, Keely got the win, new track, everyone's happy. 
Did you just like, see the watch? I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, I want to know what that what that watch is. So I was like, I was looking on, I was like, trying to find which model it was, right? Anyway, so I'm on the website and checking it out, and I'm like, geez, she's got a few bags on her wrist right there. But oh, did you figure it out? Yeah, I figured it out. What was the what was the model of that watch? Um, it's the Aquaterra with the Omega Seamaster Aquaterra, I think. Um, it's it's worth. I probably shouldn't even say how much. I probably get robbed if so much. Yeah, don't worry about but saying it. It's all right. Anyone wants to know? It's worth a lot money. of money. Yeah, they can go online and look. Um, it's worth a few quid. Yeah, I don't own that watch though. Okay. So that one is the race watch. So within my contract, I, you know, I get some budget to spend on on watches that I will get to keep. But that one is the race watch. Every Omega athlete has it. Um, and it's actually it's quite masculine in my opinion. It looks really like. It's you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's on a velcro. It's on a velcro strap, so you have that mad of a watch on a velcro strap. Yeah, it's, that strap's honking. Yeah, yeah it's mad. But I guess they just give them out to other athletes. So, um, but it's cool. They're a cool brand, and I like. I'm a really big James Bond fan. So we went to the headquarters last year after the Zurich Diamond League, and we got to see like all the watch they made one for Elvis for when he got like so many Grammys. The Marilyn Monroe watch. They had all the James Bond watches from seventies to now and it was just sick so if you should go check it out are they are they gonna make a keely watch they should do they should they, well hey, I should I get I'll, I'll take commission of it yeah if they listen to this maybe they will but i just wanted to touch on that sponsorship a little bit um yeah just, can you talk us through how that how that came about like how they came knocking at your door was it something you expected and at which point did that um, all transpire no so my agent just kind of commented one time and was like oh amiga want to do a deal with you which I thought was obviously really cool because they have a lot of top athletes they've got like Noah Lyles like Delilah Femke bunch of people have been yeah. there and um had them so I feel like it's one of those like quite traditional high-end type watches and who doesn't like a watch yeah, yeah I like a watch um but they just seem quite cool they're into their sport they sponsor different athletes in different sports and I think it's just it's a nice one to have in the I don't have many sponsors. I'm not one that's got loads. Yeah. Um. Because I think I like to keep mine quite exclusive or quite just because also these sponsorships will want days from you, mm. and you got to prioritize. Like if anything gets in the way of training, I get really wound up. Um. And I'm like, oh, but even though like obviously they're paying your money, so you can't like say it down. So you just have to be careful. Unfortunately, I'm in a position where I don't need a million sponsors. I am doing all, and I'm very lucky to be like that. So. Yeah, they're good. They understand, and I, I see them. In diamond, the Diamond Leagues count as appearances, so that's great. Do they? That's yeah. a touch. I know because they sponsor the Diamond League, so whenever yeah. you race one, it's an appearance. There you go. It's like getting double pay, isn't it, on Bank Holiday? Yeah. If I get the win in the race, I'm, everyone's happy. Lovely. Exactly. Um, I want to ask you: Is there a brand out there that you would dream of working with? Like, are we talking? Like you said, you're a James Bond fan. Are we like Aston Martin or like Van Cleef Jewelry? Oh my God. What, I, if there was one brand out there? Probably Aston Martin. Yeah. I would love, because I love the Aston Martins because they're obviously the James Bond and the heritage there. But um, I went, to, I saw the James Bond car that they use in the films back in 2021. It was my post-Olympic treat. I got to drive the car that they use in the, for the DB5, the vintage one. It's worth like, Three three point three million. Is that the one from Sparkle? It's they use it in all all of them. Yeah, I think yeah. Just the, the little that... vintage one with like the guns and then. Oh the yeah, yeah, that's the one that gets and... Yeah, and they they used it in um, what's the most recent one? 
Um, oh no, it's not the Spectre, Skyfall uh, Spectre, and you know what I'm talking about. How do I not know the name of it? I don't know. You're the you're the. I like them, but you're you're the one that said you're the fan. So I'll let you answer it. I can't even remember the name of it. But they used it in that film, uh, and I saw it just before it went to the premiere. Um, so and then I was saying to them, I was like, oh, like if you want to give me a car, like sign me up so i guess aston martin would be one for a car sponsorship but um i'd also love to work with tiffany jewelry yeah but jewelry's not not a big thing and obviously omega they do actually sell jewelry as well but um i feel like that'd be really cool they did a collab with nike didn't they with, with some of their apparel recently they did oh, i managed to sneak a pair of them did ya Oh, did. yeah well i'm not on that pay grade yet but um, <laughs> no nah, that's that was cool and maybe that, like, i think one thing that um came from the track season last year was um i can't remember the athlete but uh he was wearing a protect the leap watch I, it might have been johan blake i don't know but, but but there was a big conversation on twitter about like athletes and watch sponsors it's perfect because like it gets so much coverage when you go over the line like people are like that ain't a Garmin. What is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Was it not a, a Richard Millie? Oh, sorry. You're right. Yeah. So you know watches more yeah, than I do. I do. Um, yeah, the Richard Millie. I think Akani Simbini is sponsored by them. Um, that was Because they're South African as well. So that makes... And I think... I remember someone saying about Naki Tiam. She wore one at indoors. This is the... And they got, this, like, is, this, this is it. It's got this like 200k watch on your wrist. You're like, what? Yeah, that was the tweet. Yeah, because she came over the line and that was it. Yeah, it was like... It was it was mad, but yeah, it'd, but, it'd be cool if what like more watches could, you know, get involved in the track scene. Definitely better than most sports. We've seen things like that in the list. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, one last thing on brands. I've seen on your. This is going to sound really creepy, but I've seen on your Insta story a couple of times. You driving a Jaguar. Which Jag do you mm. drive? I drive the E Pace. <laughs> Not bad. That's cute. What color is it? It's cute. It's all black. Black blacked out all black black wheels black thing i like a bit of a roadman when i drive around to be honest with my with my silly little private reg i've got a jag as well so we're in the jag club oh that's why i, I know i do i do like i love cars but me i can't get insured on my uh at my age and my license isn't the cleanest we'll say so do you want to talk about that I'm an open book. All right. Why is your license not the cleanest? How many points you got? What you done? <laughs> Criminal record. No, I just have. I've got three points, and I got two speeding tickets. That was and oh, and a, and a whiplash claim. But right, that guy took the absolute. That guy took the absolute piss out of me. I was like 17, just passed, and um, I'm in traffic, and I wasn't really paying attention. It was it, like, technically it was my fault. I went to the back of him. But when I tell you, we were moving like five miles per hour. And he just like stopped in front and I just like slammed on and I bumped him. He got up the car, started shouting at me. Little 17 year old me didn't even know what to do. So I didn't even take pictures <laughs> or anything. And then six months later, oh yeah, there's two grand. He's claiming whiplash. So that's kind of, that's kind of fucked me for the last four years. Right. Well, I think there's a lot to digest there. I mean, mm. slow down. Just you, you only need to run fast. You don't need to be driving fast, Keely. Slow down in that. It wasn't pace. even, it was a pure accident, but it happens. Yeah, it does happen. Um, if any, if anything's come from this podcast so far is that, you know, any, you know, you can be a superstar athlete and also have points on your license, but, uh, <laughs> if fuck that guy that went for the whiplash, whiplash claim, that's not fair. 
I know, I hope he I hope he realizes what he, what he did to me now. Yeah. So one question actually, I just noticed. Is that a knuckle duster you got? <laughs> Cause I've seen you what the, No, what? okay. It's what's the story? A, For anyone that's not aware. Hang on a second, right? For anyone that's not aware that may be just listening to this, when this comes out and you're on your long run, Keely's got a knuckle duster. And no, I know. They're actually illegal. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit scared right now. No, it's not a no, knuckle duster, it's a, no. It's a, uh, it's a bottle opener. It's a bottle opener. Listen, right. I live by myself in Salford. Oh, well, are you just getting on the bevs tonight, like this afternoon? Is that why you got it out? No, it's just here. My dad left it here the other day, so I'm We're just taking the worst yeah. picture ever right now. You got points yeah, we We've got bottle openers, but other than that, everything's everything hunky dory. Let's get back onto the, the good <laughs> move stuff. On, move on. Um, a lot of athletes and a lot of success comes from USA, uh, or people that train there, or people from there. You know, America obviously a huge, huge power force in in the sport at the moment. You're one of the few medalists that are based in the UK. Yes, you do your stints in South Africa, but you know, your homegrown talent. What is it that works well for you when you come back here with your coach and your setup? Um, I think with my setup, particularly, I'm very blessed to have someone so close to me that training works for me. You know, we get on, like the life, it just fits. I don't, I don't have to leave the UK or go to Europe or change my whole life. Like it's all just here. Um, but I think before anything we just knew what we was doing like i don't know like trevor's been in this for so long he's had jenny that other athlete that he knows what setup works for him to the point where we don't need funding or to rely on anyone else like the tokyo year we got there off our own back because there wasn't really much help from anyone else so and i think that's something they learned in jenny's career not to rely on anyone so yeah i think that's kind of it really so we kind of just know what we're doing and if we do need anything like we won't hesitate to reach out but just trusting ourselves i think and you mentioned there your coach, Trevor, Trevor Painter. Um, can you talk us through what your relationship is like with Trevor? <laughs> um, Trevor's great. Trevor's great. He makes a lot of stupid dad jokes, but he is, <laughs> he is great to have around. And he is like a second father to me. Like I see him more than I see my own family these days. Um, and he, he understands me and he knows when I come to the track and I don't want to speak to anyone. Uh, I come to the track and I'm happy. And, you know, he just kind of gets me on what I need. So I think that's why we work so well. It's you know it's a long relationship now. I've been with him for four to be my fourth year, um, which has gone so quick. But yeah, I think just we just communicate well, and we just I trust his training, and I know I get I get a lot of my confidence in training. So if something's not going well, I'll ask him what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and he'll reassure me or anything like that. But yeah, I just trust that setup so much that I just know as long as I commit to it one hundred percent, I I should be okay and injury free, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers touch wood, touch wood. In those scenarios in training where high pressure scenarios, maybe you've got a session where you've got to run at race pace or certain splits. And let's say that anger gets the better of you or you show some form of frustration. I don't know whether this sounds like you, but maybe it does. Yeah. How does Trevor handle those situations? <laughs> um, We've had quite a few of them. I think he'll let me just like, he finds it quite funny when I lash out because it doesn't happen over there. And I'll just go, I'll finish rep and I'll just go, what the fuck was, I don't know if I'm going to swear on here, but. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I'll, I'll be like, what was that? Off. I'll be like, what is that? That was shocking. And he'll be like, sometimes I'll try to give me millions. He'll be like, no, you're tired. You've done this. And I'll go, no, 
I've been tired before and I've done a million things like what was that and then he'll just laugh and he'll be like oh I love I love it when you're angry because it gets me fired up so he didn't see it as such a bad thing um but then there has been times like before the world champs last year I did a very important key session and it's one that I do get a lot of confidence from and it went shambolic it went awful and I just (laughs) I crossed the line crying and was like how on earth am I supposed to like medal next week make the final anything that was so bad and he's like no can't like you've done all the work just because that went wrong like he's good at reassuring me like that and I just I take a bit of time to process it and move on from it um but yeah most of the time he just laughs at me to be honest which must initially make you more angry when he's laughing at you <laughs> he just goes quiet and he's just laughing Hope in the corner I'm running. yeah um he just lets me calm down and then you know then, then we'll talk about it but it doesn't happen that often to be fair I'm quite good I think with um just processing it and being like, let's just not dwell on it. Like I've got months and months of training in me. Love that. One bad Love thing that. Is, uh, is not horrendous. Brilliant. And yeah. okay, cool. So let's talk 153.28. That's the 800 meter world record at the moment. Now, whether it was clean is a completely different conversation with uh, so um, much speculation. I have no it. comment. I have no comment to that. I, was, I wasn't going to ask you. I wasn't going to ask you. But. <laughs> Is that a mark that you ever think about striving for in your career? Um, I've definitely have had lots of conversations about it. Um, I like to say nothing's impossible, mm. but in my head, you kind of got to aim to remove to two to break that record. And that's still three seconds, three and a half seconds quicker than, um, than I've run yet. And I definitely think it's very hard. Like, obviously, it was in a very long time ago, which makes me question the legitimacy of it but you can always hope but I think it's something we definitely can get close to but the technology and the science that we have and the new ways of training and understanding our bodies better I think we could definitely get close to it like I think 153 is possible um 153 I don't know it might take a very special day in a tailwind to break track. To, yeah yeah it'll be a Monaco everything goes perfect tiptoe shape i think so yeah you just have to have to see but i think the main thing is um medals mm-hmm. and well if it yeah. makes you feel any better keely you said that you're three and a half seconds off you're not you're two and a half. Oh am i oh yeah really? so i'll just say you there you go I'll just, so I'll, easy i'll just i'll just say <laughs> you a second and it didn't cost you nothing so you're welcome so let's see let's see what happens let's see what happens with that um yeah. with that mark but you're now I mean, I looked at your official ranking from, I saw on the internet, your official ranking was obviously number one. I can't remember what year it was, but I don't know how regular the rankings get updated. But let's be real. There's two main athletes when we talk 800 meters in the world at the moment on the women's side, you and a thing, Mo. What pops into your head when I say a thing, Mo? Um, <laughs> um, I think I just want to win uh, a major title. Mm. basically you know that's kind of what pops into my head um I think is a great athlete and when we get together and race which actually I've raced her three times you know I've really not raced her that much at all I don't really like compared to like Mary Mora that I race on the like the circuit quite a lot you can kind of like she's a bit unpredictable but I can kind of work out how you know how the race may go or what to use whereas with a thing she doesn't really race that much and I tend to race the major champion. Like I do think it's a good thing because I think it leaves the anticipation. I'm in Europe doing one thing, she's in the States doing another. Um, but yeah, 
I just wouldn't say much other than just wanting to beat her. Yeah, fair, fair, honest. I like that. You're yeah. obviously, as I said, the two best in the world. We're blessed as fans to witness that rivalry unfold before us. From my personal perspective, it's a rivalry because you're two very fast athletes, but that's really as far as it kind of goes. There's, it's not like your boxings and your football and, and that type of rivalries. Athletics is still that very much Cambridge Oxford, very polite, nicey-nicey. Um, do you two ever connect or is it strictly professional you just see each other at races? Yeah, not really. It's, I wouldn't even say professional. I just think there's no, like, in, like there's no intent. Like, do you know what I mean? There's just not really an intent. She's a lovely girl. Like when I've seen her post race, like we chat and we've had a good conversation. Um, but we probably get asked so many questions about each other hmm. that it's just like, <sighs> yeah. Well, again, like I'll go to a, a press conference at Diamond League and half the questions will be about her. And then it's the same as the other way around and probably just like, fucking hell, just keep talking about it. <laughs> But it I, is, feel, it is I feel really... like I feel bad that I'm going to ask another question. But if no, it makes it's, fine. it's, it's about you. It's about you. Um, um, obviously, Tokyo was Tokyo. Finished in silver, second behind Mo, and then in Eugene, world champs again. But Eugene was was quite uh, well. It was 0.08 in it, so yeah. you closed the gap dramatically. Is there a sense of on the start line of a major final now? Is your mind in a place where it's right? I got one athlete to beat, and that goal's mine. Or do you approach it in a completely different way? Um, I think through my mind, I'll be honest. When I lined up on that day, I genuinely thought I was gonna win. Like I genuinely believed that. I was like, I know I'm capable of it. So I think she was the main threat. That obviously there was many good girls in that race, and I do think about them. But if you start thinking about everyone, you can't. You just—it's very loud. <laughs> it's pretty loud so I think for me it was about running my best race and I knew I was in good shape I knew I was capable of being here it was just doing it right and I don't think I put a foot wrong in that race had I gone on the outside who know I don't know like you know I went on the inside and that was just how it happened but I genuinely don't think I put a foot wrong so yeah I do back myself to come out I do line up all the time thinking I can win this it's just a case of it going my way I guess and it being a smooth race Love that. On this podcast, Kaylee, we try and talk about um, <clears throat> training and science behind training as little as possible because mm. I just think it's boring personally. I'm more about the person, the personality, who you are. And one of my bugbears in the sport at the moment is that as fans, we just don't really get access to our stars. Mm. I've seen personally a lot of personality from you in your interviews post race um and especially really on, yeah genuinely and, well, that's and I, fun. so we saw a lot of emotion post istanbul european indoors we saw oh, um God. your competitive nature in your interview post commonwealth games when you took the silver there do you wish there was more opportunity for athletes of your level to show who they truly are to the wider public um i think so well there's two minds about that because I think yeah, it would be great, you know, people that wanna listen and hear and and about us and what we do and you know, our lives and what it's actually like being because I think people have this idea of what it's like being a professional athlete, but it's it's not I don't know, I can't I don't think it's all that if you get me, what the idea of people have. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, some people say to me like, Oh, 
so can you just not do anything like you can't even so to your friends and i'm like what do you think i'm like, a robot that sits at home waiting for like, the next run <laughs> yeah like that's not the case and i just think it'd be interesting to go into because everyone trains differently as well like it's such a diverse complex sport that would be very interesting but it also opens up the door to um, a lot of criticism a lot of opinions that sometimes you just don't want to hear yeah so i think it's, it's who wants to open that door you, yeah. so, you see it with the ones who are most active on instagram i'm not particularly that active on instagram sometimes i'll post like 10 stories and then i'll just go silent for like a month i won't post anything because i'm just not too bothered about it um and i'm not really that accessible on instagram to be honest i think compared to some other athletes that post a lot of their training that post a lot of this and that and i think either or is great whatever you want to do um but it just opens it just depends what you want to you know door you want to open to you know what i mean like i've seen some athletes post their requests and some people saying some really weird things that is you just sometimes you just think why well, don't need to see that <laughs> do you know what i mean like why yeah, do, I, I don't want to open yeah. my dms and see that so yeah i think it depends what you want but i do think it would be great to because you had this whole like drive to survive thing for athletics that's mm. not going ahead now um which i think is a shame because there's definitely a lot of personality um in athletics and i even said even if you were to follow the team to the senior champs you would get such a different insight into what it's actually like to what people think it's like like i think people have this idea that everyone's just like mega focused like everyone is focused and everyone's on their on their job but People be socialized, there's, there's drama, yeah. there's, you know, this and that. People upset, people really happy, people excite people down. Like, it would be very interesting to watch. Yeah, it was a shame to hear that that got rejected. I think that that's a, that's a conversation around uh, benefits to the broadcaster and stuff. But I think you may see, well, what we're trying to do is, and what we will do, we would love to document more behind the scenes of, of athletes' lives. Um you know, obviously, yeah, they go and do a session, but what are they doing in and around a session? Like, who are they as a person? What is their life like at home? Generally, mm -hmm. for people like us and people that are passionate in the sport that want to do that, it's all it's all budget and resource dependent. But I think that I think like governing bodies and the people that do hold the funds have to take more responsibility because, like, we've seen it with the personalities coming out with some of the races overseas with like personalities like Noah Lyles and Grant Holloway um and i think mo doing more stuff on nike's um socials like they've got personality you guys have got great personalities and stories and i hope hope we see more people willing to share it um mm. so yeah i'll see you, i'll see you up in i'll see you up in lee for a sesh <laughs> yeah feel free i think it's it's just also it's just budget and mm. you know we're not we're not tennis and I remember someone, and it's a shame because I remember back in 2021, and I think Emma Raducanu had just won that US Open, and I just won the Diamond League. And someone put a tweet on about the the money comparison, mm. <laughs> the money comparison, and they were like, "We were the same age. I think she's a bit younger than me, and she just won two million, and I just won 30k." Let's go. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, 30k for 19 was obviously insane. I was like, that was a sick day. But when you're seeing two million in another sport. Yeah. We're just like what like how how is how is that there and we're cause to me i almost think we're going backwards right now unfortunately it yeah. really is going backwards yeah i think and you're right yeah. well there's a lot of negative press at the moment in track and field in uk there's a lot of stuff that sucks but if there's one good thing that's come out of the news literally this morning is that the mayor the mayor of london has pledged millions to renovate crystal palace oh i remember i've said before which is a good move. So, you know, 
let's see what happens with that. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There's going to be more. Yeah, be more I think it just needs like modernizing a little bit, like a whole new. It's a new. It's a new world now, and it's social media is a big thing. Um, but it's just getting out there in the right way. To you know, I think World Athletics is doing a great job of their Instagram. They've got like yeah. two million followers or something. Yeah, and they're very on top of it, and it's just a lot of that trying to get it more into the TV. Because even I spoke to Steve Cram in the past, he'll be like, when I was running, they used to stop the news mid this mid news would pause, everyone go watch him run for five minutes, and that was yeah. it. And I'm like, well, that would never happen in a million years now. No, it's like oh, you run, and a lot of people only only resonate um with the Olympics. So it's like, oh, you're an athlete. Oh, you've been to the Olympics. Are you faster than you saying, but no, obviously I'm not faster than you saying, but what's your marathon PB? Yeah, what's your 5K? I don't do 5K. Which 100? I don't do the 100. So it's just finding ways to connect with normal people as well on how to make them understand it. When you understand the sport, I think it's great. Yeah, more eyes on it. it. More eyes on it are needed. Yeah. Sure. So we, we see you on the track, smashing it, doing GB proud, hitting your goals, winning medals, but that's very physical and performance orientated in terms of what um, athletes at your level are able, athletes of your level are able to share to us. What I want to know is a bit more about you off the track. So, what do you do for fun? <laughs> um, when I get any time to do anything for fun, I like to just do like almost like like experiences and things like that, which are very hard to fit into my schedule. I do a lot of lying on my couch and watching Netflix. Um, but I also like, I love going to spa weekends. I love just even going shopping, even if I don't buy anything. I like to go, I love, I almost want to say like, not a luxury lifestyle, that sounds really, but I like doing enjoyable things. I like expensive stuff. <laughs> I do like expensive stuff. But no, I just like doing like enjoyable, like after my, my birthday, after the indoor season, I went to Dubai, yeah. um, which was really fun. Um, I like to just have nice times I can remember. Um, and I have a few hobbies myself, the things that I like to do, like I'm quite into like, drawing, doing a few arty type things, um, bit of an impulsive kind of whatever I'm in the mood for, I'll just kind of do at that point in time. Like I have a keyboard that I bought, I haven't touched it in six months, but at the time I told myself I was going to learn how to play the piano. <laughs> it's not happened. Sorry, I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. It's just uh, so impromptu. It's not happened, but it's, it's there. I'd be like, okay, I want to do this. Let me go learn French and I'll download Duolingo and it just won't work. And you said about, uh, you you know, life experiences and uh, you said about going to Dubai. Obviously, you're locked into the track season coming up, but what's the next experience that you've got on your list that maybe you've got planned or you're thinking like, that's one thing I want to go and do in the next few years? Um... I think, well, obviously the next thing will be off-season, but you, I can't even plan for off-season right now. Just, I've not even opened my season yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, about off-season, but... <laughs> We're already planning you down the <laughs> So it got to January and I was like, I need a break, Trim. He's like, not even ran yet. I'm like, I don't know. Um, things I want to do. I think there's just so much to do in the world, in cities, even if it's like doing something stupid, like going to a pottery class and mm. painting. I like just doing random things like that. I think it's just it's just something new. It, it, it widens your um, what's the word? Like widens your horizon. Just your, I don't know. Like your just widens your ideas of what's what's going on. You might find something new that you like. Fair, fair. You said about a couple of hobbies, but 
when you think about passions, are there any passions outside of running that you have that you maybe want to delve into more into the future when you think more into your mid late twenties? Um, I think for me, I definitely want to, with the opportunities that I've had with track, I want to delve more into the other side of that, whether it be going into like the fashion world or just any opportunities that I get through that I'd like to explore. It's just, it's genuinely finding the time, like say passions. I still think I'm probably trying to find that right now. Hmm. Um, and cause I don't have uni or anything like that. Like, so I'm just like, that's why I like to just do different things and hopefully I'll find something that I am really passionate about. But right now I wouldn't say there's one thing that I'm like, I want to do that. And you said, uh, you said that you spend a lot of time on the couch watching Netflix. What are you watching at the moment? I've just finished watching um, The Night Agent. Oh my days, it's so good. It is good. It, it was it was really good. And then Selling Sunset, a new season out. Fair, fair. I am um, marathoning yeah. Harry Potter at the moment because they put them all on last week. Oh my gosh, I know. they have. I do need to watch it. But you know what? The first one is actually so bad. It's horrendous. It's so, so bad. Old. I, I used to love watching it and then I watched it again like two years ago and I was like, what is this? The acting is so... It's, it's honking, isn't it? About number three is when it, it's it's watchable after that. We're, we're, me and my partner, we're literally watching one pretty much every night at the moment. <laughs> okay, I respect we are, that. We are me on and it. my friends like, like Harry Potter as well. Uh, one question from um, one of our listeners was uh, for one of the previous podcasts, and we were asking it on every guest. That's such a lie, Lloyd. We don't ask it on every guest, but we ask it with certain guests. I'm not going to say why. <laughs> but who's the most famous person in your phone contacts? I don't know if people ask this question. Like, I'm going to have like Brad Pitt's number in my phone or something. <laughs> um, most famous. Right. You've done Vogue. Who knows? Most famous person's contact I have in my phone. Honestly, I, I don't think there is one. I can't lie. There's not one famous person. What do you class as famous? Mm-hmm. Put me on the spot now. I don't really know. Well, okay. Who's famous? Okay, okay. Um, Who's the most... Okay, I class famous as someone would want to stop them and get a selfie with them. The only person I'd want to stop and get a selfie with is Will Smith. Other than that, I'm not really bothered. So you haven't got Will Smith's number then? I don't have Will Smith's number now. Okay, no worries. Moving on. Uh, you said about you haven't opened your season yet. What is next for you when we talk track? Uh, I will be in Paris, Diamond League, in two weeks. Sick. Nice. All right, amazing. Yeah. Keely, we're going to wrap this interview up with the way that we do on all of our episodes, and we genuinely do this on all of our episodes. Quick fire questions. I'm going to ask you five questions, and I just want you to... Just blur out the first thing that comes into your head, all right? Okay. All right. If you had a magic wand, what's one thing that you'd change in athletics? Um, I think I would emphasis more around rivalries and competitions and actually bigging that up, even if it means you're you're faking the drama. People like people watch want to watch drama. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the best thing about being a professional athlete? Um, I think traveling and experiencing different cultures and meeting people around the world. What's the worst thing about being a professional athlete? Um, uh, we are not robots, we are humans. So I think you've got to remember that sometimes. Mm-hmm. What is a harsh truth that the running world needs to hear? Or the track and field world? That 
unfortunately to most people it's boring right now <laughs> and yeah i just think you want to make it bigger unfortunately it's boring yeah okay and finally what's one thing that you would have liked to have achieved in your life in 10 years time that has nothing to do with athletics Ooh, um i'd actually say uh have a family oh that's a wholesome answer then <laughs> you're the first person uh, to say that on the on the show oh was i oh that's yeah i think have a have a family i like the idea i don't want um track to stop me from doing girly things yeah good for you no family, right you know, things like that no, I'll rate that. Keely, thank you so much for your time. It's been a very, very funny, uh, <laughs> interesting interview. It's actually made me laugh a lot, which is good. Um, oh best of luck for Paris in two weeks. I hope it goes really well. And uh, yeah, we'll chat. We'll catch you down the road. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No, completely welcome. See you soon. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of The Running Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course, everything in between big shout out to our guest this week keely hodgkinson for her time today on the show and if you have enjoyed today's listen please do give us a thumbs up and leave us a review and head over to our instagram at trackster not just to keep update today with what we're doing but also what's going on around the track and field world i've been lloyd your host for the day i'll see you next week for another episode and i'll catch you down the road for a run and another chat but in the meantime have a great week runners